So glad to have you with us this morning. So glad. And Stephen's with us this morning. First time, Stephen? Yeah, we always love our first time visitors, always. And Brenda's turning 29 this week. And Brianna's 18. All right. All right. Well, I have, man, I got so much on my heart this morning. Man, all kinds of good stuff. Um, and, you know, I just want you all to know that um, that coming to church is not about hearing a sermon. It's not about listening to an amazing praise team. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And the sermon is just a, a, a tool the preaching, I mean, the singing is, is a tool. The communion, uh, which we saw last week, the early church, the first church, um, did it every week. So whenever they met, they broke bread, whether it was every Sunday or whenever they got together. Of course, there, you read in Acts, they were meeting every day in the temple. And um, so, but, but what we're doing is biblical, y'all. Um, so we're going to keep on doing it. Because it uh, it glorifies the Lord, and and there's nothing. Um, there's if you want a real intimacy and communion with the Lord, um, just communion, just just you and Him. There's no. There's, I don't know of any better way to have that that sweet closeness and communion, and 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 you can just take your time looking at the bread, thinking this is the body. Uh, this represents the body of my Lord and Savior, and this body was broken for me, for me, for me. And, and the beauty of it all, you know, I'm going to do it again later, but the beauty of it all is whose body is it? Is it yours? It's his. Whose blood is it? Is it, is it yours or is it his? So who paid for it? He paid for it. Did, did he, is there a balance? Or is it paid in full? If it's paid in full, then you might as well enjoy it. You know, if somebody sends me on a, a cruise and uh, and they pay for it. I'm not going to be fretting and wondering about how am I going to pay this bill. It's paid for. So what am I going to do? I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> so if God has paid for your salvation, you might as well enjoy it. Amen. Well, how many of y'all remember what I preached last week? You do? Abide. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, not that... Because some some people, you know, in the past have said, you know, preacher, I, I really, I really, um, I really enjoyed what you what you preach Sunday, and I'm thinking, what did I preach? <laughs> That's happened to me plenty of times, and it might be the same day. I the, oh yeah. <laughs> so um, so it's okay if I said, what did I preach last Sunday? You're like, oh. but I I preached out of John chapter 15. Abide in me. And, uh, you know, I told you that I, I've been preaching that and teaching that for almost 40 years. And I'm still like, what does that mean? You know, I can tell you the Greek word is meno. You know, oh, that's fancy. Pastor knows the Greek word. Does that really know that I mean what it says? Because only the Holy Spirit can take truth and just download it into your spirit where you're like, wow. I get it. I see it. 
And, and that can happen over and over and over again in the same passage of Scripture. In other words, God can take you to depths and levels in one verse your whole lifetime because that word is alive and it's powerful and it's amazing and it's just filled with truth. So anyway, abide in me and I in you. Have you ever asked God to um, show you something? teach you something i'm asking the holy spirit all the time because the holy spirit is our teacher he is our guide into truth and uh he's the best teacher in the world because he knows the word like nobody else and he alone can can give you the true truth you know it's funny uh, depending on which church or denomination you go to how you can get different interpretations of the bible and of passages of scripture but there's only one interpretation and uh that in other words the holy spirit is not going to tell you one thing and tell me something else there's only one truth so um so that's why i say you know lord you teach me because you know the truth and you will guide me in all truth so anyway the question was lord how do i abide in you because the promise is you abide in me and i will abide in you he goes on to say for without me you can do nothing and so I talked about the fact that we're, uh, and I'm me, I'm always trying to become better and do better and be better. When it's not about what I'm doing, but it's more about me surrendering and allowing God to do and be these things in me and through me. So um, I was still rolling that over in my head. I was still meditating on it. We're going to come back to that. I was still meditating on it, and I think it was Friday morning. I woke up, and there was a scripture in my head, and I knew that it was an answer. You know, you can ask God a question, and more oftentimes than not, he's not going to answer it right away. Sometimes he might, but sometimes it takes days Sometimes you forget the question, and then, bam, the answer comes, and you're like, this is an answer. I, I don't, not sure what the question was, <laughs> but this is an answer, and, and it's God answering your question. So I got the answer, and I got the question. The question is, how do you abide? Y'all want to know what the answer is? Yeah. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1, brother. Verse 7 and 8. I'm going to kind of maneuver this way so I can see the screen too. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Next verse, brother. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. The word means literally to utter, to speak. You ever talk to yourself, you know, you needed this. Really, that's kind of the picture it's giving. Uh, or you're thinking about something. Uh, you know, Caressa sometimes when she's cooking, I need to do this, and I need to add this, and I need to do that. And, uh, or you might be, you guys, you might be working on something. Well, I got to cut this, and I got to get this. You're, med you're thinking on it. Same is true of the Word of God, okay? So you shall meditate it how often? 
That is abiding. That's abiding. At least that's one aspect of it. I'm not, this word is abide is by no way exhausted by that. But this is definitely part of it. The Bible says to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Where is the enemy going to attack you? How does he do it? Doubt? Fear? Worry? Anxiety? He's got a whole, he's been in this business a long time. And we were born with messed up thinking. We were born self-conscious and self-centered from a child. And so we don't think right. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. So a man can be convinced that what he's doing is right and he can just be wrong all day long. Because our thinking must be We must rethink things. In other words, our thinking must be changed. It must be transformed. And the only way for your thinking to change is by the Word of God. By the Word of God. So you meditate on it day and night. Now, can you do that while you're working? Absolutely. You can. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. It takes focus. You know what my biggest problem was in school? Other than this, my sixth grade teacher sent, you know, they used to write little comments on uh, report cards. I don't think they do that anymore. But uh, my sixth grade teacher made a little comment on my report card. <laughs> Y'all want to hear it? <laughs> it's rough. My daddy didn't know whether to beat me or laugh. But it said, Jeff is a good boy, but <laughs> his mouth is geared for constant running. <laughs> that's literally what she said <laughs> can I get an amen <laughs> so I guess that's why I'm a preacher <laughs> he's geared for constant running so my daddy he was he, was, he didn't be beat me or laugh so anyway he thought it was funny anyway I'm glad he did uh day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein written in it for then, I never noticed this. Who is going to make your way prosperous? That's not what it says. You will. Because God has given you the tool. Put it in your lap. Put it in your hands. He's giving it to you. So what he's saying is your prosperity is up to you. Yeah. I never noticed that. You will make your way prosperous. I looked it up in some other translations. Guess what? It says the same thing. You will make it. Now, yes, God, God does it. Because you can't change yourself. But God has given you the way to do it. And if you do the meditating, 
God is saying, I'll take care of the rest. You get your mind on me, I will change you. I will transform you. I will make you a brand new person. I will make you look just like my son Jesus because that is your destiny. That is your purpose. That's why I put you on this planet, and I will do it because I'm a faithful God. And God himself says that it pleases the Lord. It pleases him to give us the kingdom. In other words, it's God's pleasure to transform us into little Jesuses that we look like and we live like children of the kingdom. It's his pleasure to do it. And you will have good success. Now, this prosperity, you know, we always want to talk about money, but the prosperity is life. Life. Successful. To me, that begins with happy joyful i'm not depressed i'm not down i'm not another day monday oh but life is a gift thank you god it's a beautiful day it's raining it's cold it's still a beautiful day ain't it brother come on it's still a beautiful day why because this is the day that the lord has made and i will i choose to rejoice and be glad i think i'm feeling better Woo! Come on, Jesus. You know what? I heard Ron Hart Bunky say this. You talk about a man of God. You ought to pull him up on YouTube. Man, the dude is just, he's, he's Jesus now. But, but he said an amazing thing. He said, the Lord becomes who you preach him to be. In other words, you preach him as a savior, he saves. You preach him as a healer, he heals. You preach him as a deliverer, he delivers. Why? Because he is the way, the truth, and life. He is the answer. He is everything. He is our God. He is our Savior. So the question is, what do you need today? Do you need healing? Do you need deliverance? Do you need salvation? What do you need? Jesus is the answer. He's the total package. So whatever it is you need, you preach him. You declare the truth. You declare the word of God. Okay? Now, before I move on, because I'm ready to go somewhere, um, can you pull up Psalm 63, as we say in North Carolina, right quick? Did we say that in South Carolina? Chris is saying, what? Are you from South Carolina? I guess. Psalm 63, 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Let's go to uh, Psalm 119, verse 97. I'm just showing you that this is not the only passage that talks about meditation. Um, 119.97, and then we're going to go to Psalm 1. Oh, how I love your law. Can we stop right there? God, give us a love for his word. And that reading the word of God is not a chore. It's not a duty. But it's, it's the living, precious word of God. Oh, how I love your law. He didn't even have the New Testament. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Now, let's go to Psalm 1, please, my brother. 
This one, uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scorn, scornful. Verse 2, brother. But his delight, his delight, his delight is in a second bowl of nanner pudding. No, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And it goes on to say, and he shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Hallelujah. You're guaranteed success. Does that mean you're going to be a millionaire? Maybe, maybe not. If you're a millionaire, hallelujah. If you're not, hallelujah. Which leads me to another sermon. I got several. Are y'all okay? If you have to leave, just slip on out. I won't judge you if you go, if you don't judge me if I stay. How about that? <laughs> Woo! All right. Calm down. Um, where was it? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Somebody may have had this thought. Well, if you were a man of God, why'd you fall down on the mountain and break your leg? If you were a man of God, God would have caught you, and his angels would have caught you, and God would have protected you. Or you may have had this thought. Well, I thought God was good. Why did he let you fall? First of all, God didn't put those skis on my feet. I did. God didn't tell me. He didn't wake me up that morning and say, Jeff, you're going to snow skiing, and when you get on, on the top of the mountain, I'm going to push you down. You're going to break your leg, and this is, this is all for your good, boy. Don't worry. If he told me that, I might want to stay at home. But, uh, you know, he didn't put the skis on my feet. He, uh, he didn't tell me to go to the top. And uh, this is where I messed up when they were making snow. I should have stopped taking my skis off and walked. But I didn't. I skied blindly. And I fell and I broke my leg. Is that God's fault? No. And it just happened. It just happened. It's just one of those things that happened, you know? So, so my question is this. Is God still good? Is he still good? That's a question you've got to answer. You've got to nail it down. Is God still good when bad things happen to you? Does he change? Is he still good? All right. We passed that. We'll move on. All right, my brother. Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power. Of God. What's the power of God? What is the gospel? It's good news. It's a message. It's, as some would say, just words. Are they just words? Or do this, these words, the living words of God, do they have power? 
Is reading a novel going to change you? Might make you cry, might make you tear up, might make you think about something. Is it going to change you? What's going to change you? Something that has the power, the ability to change you. This book has the power to change you. But I'm here to tell you, if that book is not getting in your mind, it's not doing you any good. You will make your way prosperous. God has given us his word, y'all. Is it easy to get up in the morning and open up the Bible and start reading it? No. It's not. My flesh is saying, stay in the bed. Go to sleep. Daydream. I never answered the question, um, did I, about my hardest, the biggest problem I had in, in school. Not just this. Biggest problem I had in school, and some of you can relate to this, was paying attention. Did you ever daydream in class? <laughs> I, I gather by the laughter I heard that uh, that was a yes and amen. Uh, you thought about this, you thought about that, you didn't want to think about algebra or whatever that teacher was talking about, or you maybe some of you fell asleep on your desk and uh, paying attention. Well, I can open up the Word of God, and I have a problem paying attention. You know what helps? Just read it out loud. And it's not a matter of, i got to get through this chapter. No, if, if, if God shows you something in one verse, put it in park. Stay there. Meditate on it. And you know what? If you commit to it, you know what will happen? You'll start reading, and then you'll think about another scripture. What's God doing? He's showing you something. Chase that rabbit. Go after it. God is showing you something. God is leading you somewhere. He's giving you truth. Now, when I woke up, uh, I think it was Friday morning, with Joshua 1, 7, and 8 on my mind, I've read that book, a verse, I've preached it, I've taught it for years. But God can just like, and, and I just showed you, I saw something I'd never seen before. God can just breathe on it. And I knew this was my answer to abiding because I want to abide in him. Listen, y'all, in so, in so many ways, God wants us to be obsessed with him in a good way because he created you to be his. That's why the Bible says God is jealous over us. He doesn't want to share us. Because we were created for him. I mean, why is God that way? Well, do you want your child playing with a rattlesnake? Playing with a black widow? A tarantula? Playing in the road? Why? Because God loves you and he wants to save you from these things and shield you from these things. He wants, he knows what's best for you. This father does know best. And he knows that he created you for himself for his purpose, and the only way to you to prosper, to have good success, to be happy, to be fulfilled, to have all the fruit of the Spirit, because it's not your fruit, it's his fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with love, joy, peace. Don't that sound like good stuff? You can't order that on Amazon, Caressa. Uh, She's going to try. 
The, the Amazon man knows how to get to 4520 Huggins Road. I can promise you. I thought it would slow down after Christmas. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a long drive. <laughs> oh, she'll forget about it. <laughs> Women don't forget, do they? Let's move on. All right, so the gospel has power, okay, to salvation. And we've talked about this many times. It's more than your ticket to heaven. That's your complete sanctification. That's you being like Christ. So the gospel has the power to change you, to make you just like Jesus. For everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Next verse, my brother. For in it, boy, this is another sermon. The righteousness of God is revealed. What do most preachers emphasize on? What do they they focus on when they preach to you? Sin. Sin. What does that say? Should I focus on your sin? Or should I focus on righteousness? Listen, if you're not born again, then... Your sins need to be dealt with. You must be born again. And so sin is an issue. Okay? It's got to be removed. It's got to be washed under the blood. You must be born again. But most churches aren't full of sinners. People that need salvation, they're full of people who have been born again. So where should your focus be? On righteousness. We said his righteousness, but his righteousness has become your righteousness. Even in the Old Testament, God was called the Lord, our righteousness. He is our righteousness. Because if your focus is on sin, or where you failed, or where you, um, what, you, what you did or what you didn't do. And by the way, he's most effective with people who care. If you have a conscientious heart, the devil has more fun with you because you care. And if you didn't, let's say you say, okay, God, I'm going to get up. um, I'm making a New Year's resolution. I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to pray. I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock, 5.30, 4.30, whenever, Uh, 7 o'clock. I'm going to get up and I'm going to spend an hour with you. And you do it and then (gasps) you oversleep. And you sorry, no good for nothing, pathetic excuse of a Christian. Slept while the world goes to hell. And you didn't pray. You're like the disciples. Jesus says, could you not watch with me one hour? And because you care, the enemy is just throwing all this stuff at you. Now you're under condemnation. You're under guilt. And you're under shame. Well, what you should do is, yes, God, I overslept. But, Father, I thank you 
that I am still your beloved. I'm still your son. I'm still your daughter. I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because I saw, I, I learned something else this week. Um, for in, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. I said, Lord, what does that mean? Faith to faith. Now, I believe it means faith grows. Okay? Just like we go from glory to glory. We go from faith to ever-increasing faith. But I believe that first faith is saving faith. That's when you acknowledge and realize I must be born again. I need Jesus. And you become a Christian. You receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is saving faith. That's the first faith, okay? And the focus there is on your sin, but it's also shifted from your sin to your Savior. Okay? But we have moved. I'm not at first faith anymore if you're born again. I move from faith to faith. And that faith is what that last phrase says. The just, the righteous, shall live by faith. I live by faith. Somehow, some way, that coincides with abiding and with meditating and with trusting. Because I don't always have these great revelations when I read the Word of God. But by faith, I do it. By faith, I keep doing it. And then, just like the other morning, I reaped what I had been sowing. And, and God does that to me quite often. Is that I wake up with a revelation. I guess my mind at that point is not so busy. I'm not so distracted. I'm paying attention because I'm asleep. <laughs> so now that I got your attention, boy, I'm going to drop this in your spirit. And when I woke up, it was like, whoosh, there it was. The just shall live by faith. And I've got to keep this word and meditate on it day and night, day and night. And I'm going to close with this. Go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, please. This is your final sermon for the day. It's about four, I think, I preach. But maybe they, I'm just going to believe by faith God can take some of this and feed you with it. How about that? Because it's not about my sermon. It's not about the... It's about him. Amen. So what you need to do is meditate on these words. Roll them around in your spirit. Because your prosperity is up to you. Okay? All right. So if you're like, well, I pastor, I've done this, and da-da-da-da. Those who wait. I looked that up in the Hebrew. You know what it means? It means to wait. <laughs> Thought I was going to impress you, huh? 
Oh, pastor knows Hebrew. No, I have an interlinear that tells me what that means. Because um, if you've ever looked at Hebrew, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't even know the alphabet. <laughs> but it means to wait. Literally, it means like a rope that's been stretched. And, um, and it, it represents power and strength through waiting somehow, some way. Those who wait, does that sound like fun? How many of y'all like to wait? How many of y'all are married? <laughs> Boy, I am getting in trouble today. Ain't I? <laughs> uh, Rihanna, I can ride home with you. Um, they, <laughs> they that wait on their wife. No, they that wait. Oh, you notice Lord is in all caps? Ooh, cool. Whenever you see the Lord in all caps, it's the word Yahweh. Because God has lots of names. There's Elohim, there's El, there's um, Jehovah. Well, well, Jehovah is the same as Yahweh. But it, whenever it's in all caps, it's Yahweh. Which is like... To the Jew, they, it was the holiest name of God. They wouldn't even say it. They don't even know how to pronounce it today because no one would ever say it. They didn't want to take his name in vain, so they wouldn't even say it. But when it's in all caps, it's Yahweh. They who wait on Yahweh shall renew their strength. These are promises, y'all. But see, you're no longer children. You've gone from faith to faith. When I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I acted as a child, as 1 Corinthians 13. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I put them away. I became an adult. See, the word son, and it's true for daughters as well, is not a son of God. It's a full-grown son. See, God ex expects us to have responsibility. And that responsibility, folks, I can't think of anything better, is the word of God. But I read it, and at a, the just shall live by faith. And we've, we've done this, remember? When you sow something, what happens immediately? Nothing. But give it a few days. What happens? You just have a sprout. Do you have any corn? Do you have any beans? They got to grow. So we got to sow and sow and sow and sow and keep on sowing. And as God reminded me, you always reap more than what you sow. But you've got not to be weary in well-doing, for you shall reap. Even Jesus said, you men ought always to pray and not to faint. You can't give up. And they that wait, those that wait, those that wait. This is Old Testament. Things haven't changed. Those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk. Folks, we have all the promises of God, but it's really up to you. You can come to church. 
I'm glad you're here. You should come to church. You're supposed to come to church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. But if you're eating one meal a week, you're going to be weak and anemic. And guess what's going to happen to your mind? It's not going to be focused on the word of God. It's not going to be focused on truth. And how is God going to change you? This book of the law, he said, shall not depart out of your mouth. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What, what are you uttering? What are you talking about? It shall not depart out of your mouth. If it's, if it's on your mouth, guess where it is? It's on your mind and it's on your heart. It's what you're talking about. Yes, somebody about their grandkids. Woo-hoo-hoo. It's going to come out, right, Ronnie? I saw Ronnie showing a picture today. Did, did somebody say, Ronnie, show me your grandkids? They didn't even have to ask for them. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Ask Chris about Lila B. Yeah. I love Lila B too. She's our grandbaby. But uh, you're going to talk about what's on your mind and what's on your heart. So if you're talking it, it's there. Why? Because you put it there. You put it there. It's up to you. God's not going to force feed you. You've got to take that word. You've got to crack it open. You've got to pour it in. But I don't understand it. That's why you say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me. And you'll wake up one morning. That's what that means. But you got to sow. Sow. And if you wait upon the Lord, you will renew your strength. God's faithful. He's faithful. And he's good. 